in studio what up fam yeah it's been a i guess a couple weeks uh flaked on you one week but uh it's okay I'm busy. <laughs> i it, was ready yes but uh i unfortunately was not uh, it was a busy week <laughs> i was uh bringing my brother back home from nau northern arizona so nice yeah. How, how's he doing uh, he's doing better. He's like, situated? Yeah. yeah. So I think he's actually going to stay another year. Um, so it was kind of up in the air. Like he didn't, uh, it was first time like out of the house and, you know, a new place yeah. and all that stuff. So, um, but I think he's going to, he's going to stay, stick with it. So nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. Um, so good for him. Um, but yeah, today I wanted to kind of go over, uh, more of a philosophical, um, I guess d- debate that we can kind of get into, but, yeah. uh, Human nature, is it inherently good or evil? So uh, kind of one of the stuff that I wanted to touch on was just how are we as people? Uh, what are the effects of just having a society that like anarchy or do we need laws or religion to actually keep us uh, in line or civil or have a civilized society? And is utopia actually possible? So... Kind of wanted to get your thoughts. Starting off, I'll let you uh, take the floor. With human nature, okay. Yes. Uh, I personally believe everyone's got a little bit of good and a little bit of bad in them. Uh, I do believe that actions really define a person. So, you know, whether you act on your good intentions, your bad intentions, you know, that kind of leads up to who you become over a series of events or a series of, or a moment of time. Um, I don't think anyone's completely evil. I don't think anyone's completely good. I think there's a balance. Uh, I think we all have those tendencies to have those dark thoughts or those those kind of quote unquote evil thoughts when we are in a time where we are suffering or we're hurting or when we're in pain. And I think that is in within human nature itself, right? Mm-hmm. When we get hurt or we're threatened or anything like that, we turn to respond by a notion if you will that is going to be hurting someone else or getting justice right mm-hmm. a lot of people it's not like kind of like that flight or fight re- response right yes if your response is fight then you're you know perpetuating more violence or you're perpetuating a fight yeah that could be seen as an evil thought or an evil notion mm-hmm. but you know for example i don't think like the old saying dogs are never born evil they're raised evil Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't think people are born with an evil notion or evil within them. I think they're born just with a clean slate and their environment and their things that kind of affect them over the duration of their lives kind of steer them in the pathway that could be seen as a little more good or a little more evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are people who are evil, but they've had, I guess you can say good moments, but it's previous. Right. For example, historical figures like. The evil dictators of our time, of our history, Adolf Hitler, Joe Stalin, Mm -hmm. those guys did evil things. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. They are evil. They led wars. They led mass genocide, etc. You know, to say that they were born that way, I don't think that's fair. I think the the events of their lives have created them to be that way. Mm -hmm. Thus, I go back to that saying where dogs are not born evil, it's they're raised that way. So in my opinion... Human nature is is a delicate balance of the both. 
And whether the events in your life shape you to be in one direction or the other, or even just down the middle, Mm -hmm. that depends on the environment and the events of your life and things that have happened to you and the things you've endured during the duration of your life. Gotcha. So I'm going to kind of go on one side of the coin. So I believe that left to our own devices, like as far as a clean slate, if we don't have uh, religion, laws, uh, things of that nature, um, we do have, I guess, we don't have morality, um, I guess you'd say. So we have this evil tendency. The first thing that we go to is our basic needs, shelter, food, um, sustenance. That's really what drives us. We're animals, basically. So committing violence against your fellow man is very easy when you have, you know, we first you don't have laws to punish you against it. Mm-hmm. Then there is also a survival need that needs to, you know, um, satiate, like whether it be shelter, food, all these things, especially if there's, you know, you have offspring that you need to take care of. All these things kind of can drive you towards that. Now, in a civilized society, I think we are um, we don't always think about where um, our basic needs uh, because we're in a postmodern society, so all of our needs are met as far as shelter, food, all that stuff. Sure, we have homeless, but they, for lack of, uh, uh, I mean, for that point, it's actually they live pretty good lives. Like other than you know, they may be cold, but they have clothes. Mm-hmm. Like um, some have tents and all that stuff. So um, I would say that when we are born, we're very selfish. Um, and everything's about me, self-centered, all that stuff. And I think that we need um, those laws, civil laws, um, and also religion to kind of teach us that moral code for how to live a, in a civilized society. Okay. So okay. those are my starting ideas. Okay. So I see your, a lot of a lot of your points. They make yeah. a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in a just society, we don't create laws to do things. We do we create laws to stop us from doing things, mm-hmm. right? Like yes. murder, et cetera, et cetera, right? Correct. Thievering and uh, all horrible nature things. Mm-hmm. And in that regards, you're absolutely right. However, in my opinion, when you say, you know, we live in a postmodern society or postmodern era and things, all of our needs are met for us, that is true to an extent. Mm-hmm. Now it becomes the needs that evolve with our time, mm-hmm. Right. As, as time progresses, our needs change. People need more things or people need less things or people need specific things. Mm-hmm. And that sustenance that you're talking about, that that amount that we have everything provided for, so we have all of our needs met, that changes, right? Mm-hmm. So now the question now becomes whether we are greedy within our nature for wanting more mm-hmm. or we are just being evolved and that we are learning more about what we truly need and what we actually need. And we're mm-hmm. able to see the difference between the two. Yeah. So in that regards, human nature itself changes, mm-hmm. right? You can no longer look at this as good or evil, good or bad. Yeah. There are so many different dimensions and different layers in which human nature has evolved into, mm-hmm. right? We're no longer a society where we wage wars and slaughter millions and millions of people anymore. Yeah. Right. It's a lot less than what history has shown us. Genghis Khan, that kind of warfare doesn't exist anymore. No. Right. Um, you know, we see the modern era and it's it's where people can kind of say, hey, look, you know, 
these actions are what make you good and these actions that make you bad. And when people throw religion in there, like you said, in my opinion, religion is used very much to control people. Mm-hmm. It's to teach people how, like you said, good morals and bad morals, mm-hmm. right? But you are kind of putting that control on that person as an institute to teach them that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. There are times where we need that, where people will turn to religion to find guidance. And in that regards, religion is good, mm-hmm. right? But where religion now teaches people, or if it does teach people in some views, that this is wrong and anything else but this is bad. Mm-hmm. That is where religion can be bad. Yes. Or it can guide you down the wrong path. Yeah. Now, of course, religion doesn't force you to do anything, right? We all have will, human will. Mm-hmm. It's choice. And I'm a big believer in cause and effect. So what you choose to do something and you cause something to happen, there will be an effect to come afterwards. Mm-hmm. So in regards to religion, you know, teaching you those good morals and those good values, it's choice whether you choose to accept those lessons and choose to accept those moral teachings is on you. Mm-hmm. And I think that falls back on to more uh, environment and how you're raised and how your thought process works. Mm-hmm. Because if you think, hey, uh, this is good and this is bad and I learned this from religion, you're choosing to do that. You've accepted that notion. Then you're going to continue down that path. That's fine. Yeah. But if you grow up in a environment that teaches you that, you know, religion is not the only way to learn good morals. You can learn it from your father. You can learn it from your mother. You can learn it from your ancestors Mm -hmm. and go down that path. That's also fine, but you're choosing to do that. And I think within the conversation of human nature, whether it's good or bad, I think you have to address the issue of choice, Mm -hmm. right? And choice can be derived or even broken down from the environment, the thought process that you grow up in and how you how you perpetuate your thought process. Mm-hmm. If your thought process allows you to guide yourself into a negative pathway, which becomes quote unquote evil, then you chose those pathways. You chose those decisions that led you down that path. Mm-hmm. And I think that all kind of boils down to how you're raised, how the environment you are when you, when you live and grow up, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things impact how you think. And I think that ultimately guides the nature of humanity yeah but on an individual basis you know what i mean gotcha yeah Yeah. so um you touched on several different points there so i guess i'll start with throughout human history we talk about our time today and it's kind of strange when i i'm very much for precision precision of language so when somebody says like oh this you know time that we live in everything's going you know hell in a handbasket it's like Mm -hmm. this is the best time in human history that you know you can be a human being and like as far as the abundance now not everywhere is all sunshine and rainbows but Mm -hmm. as far as um it's like the safest time we have more opportunity now um all this stuff so just looking at, at that, um, you know, human nature has put us in a place right now where there's this, I don't want to say new world order, but there's this um, system to where wars are not, uh, there's there's a huge consequence to uh, wars right now. Mm-hmm. Um, starting a war, especially a superpower, there are other nations that would put a lot of pressure, um, both politically, economically. There's just so many different, um, 
inner workings there. So we talk about how we need these systems, which is government, um, in order to check the powers of the world. Mm-hmm. Now, in your own personal life, there's either religion or you know, laws that will check your power, which is, you know, you have, uh, uh, was it power, um, power corrupts and then absolute power, uh, corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I guess part of that is saying that human nature is when you give someone absolute power, they will abuse that in some way, shape or form. They cannot be this perfectly moral person because they are going to impose their will on other people. Now, this happens with religion where, I mean, I would say the Catholic Church is probably one huge example. You have one person with this religious power ordained by God and telling people that, okay, they can pay their way into heaven. Um, but that's not the worst offense at all. Um, you know, conscripting people uh to have holy wars against, um, you know, infidels or yeah. uh, things like that. So, um, non-believers. So that's one way. And then also with governments, we see it with all the despots that we've seen, tyrants, uh, tyrants and everything. Um, so that's where even there, I mean, we just have these systems that are supposed to, you know, have checks and balances. Uh, it's never perfect, but we have this stage of where we have order and then it becomes corrupt by people, then there's chaos. And then the cycle um, repeats itself. Right. Um, And this is mainly due to (laughs) humans' inability to have this internal moral compass. Mm -hmm. And it comes from, you know, like you're saying, nature versus nurture. Uh, We have these learned uh, actions that we have that we, you know, but I don't think that's always the case. It is just... Hey, I'm here. Somebody else is not. It doesn't have as much power as I do. Let me impose my will on them. So I think that that is a learned behavior. It may not be from someone else, mm-hmm. and it may not be a code that is passed down to them. They actually know that, like, I can take advantage of this situation. So that's what um, can kind of contribute. Because in human nature, I think you just need more. You can't always be equal to the person next to you. Now, that's why competition is, you know, I I guess a big thing in America is that, okay, I can be, quote unquote, more, more, um, there's an inequality as far as income, but as far as opportunities, it's equal. So that allows for a system where for the most part, people can accept. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's just not perfect and human nature is not perfect. So that's why I kind of subscribe to like, okay, when we're born and we go through life without these devices, we, you know, are, you know, pretty much we're kind of evil Yeah. in that way. We're selfish. We're capricious. We're, you know, I think, uh, you're right in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I used to watch, I used to read this book and it basically told me that, Everyone's greedy. Everyone wants something. And because mm-hmm. you want something that makes you greedy to an extent, mm-hmm. right? You want what you can't have. Mm-hmm. And I think that's absolutely right. And I think when, like I was saying before, right? When you're growing up and you you have these, you know, these morals that you're learn or that you're learning from your your parents and your family. And you know, if you're religious, you have those from your your pastor and et cetera. And through that phase in your life and through that part, even as a young adult, you'll go through a phase where you're going to want things, right? You look at kids now, they want toys. They want the things that they can't have. Young adults are the same way. People are like that. And I think that 
to an extent is what corrupts people. Mm-hmm. Like you said, power. If I if I have power, I want to be able to impose it on someone else. Why? Mm-hmm. Because you want to do it. Yeah. You want to empower um, use your power on someone else, or you want to gain more power. Why? Because you're greedy. You want more. For any kind of want you have is related in my mind that something that you don't have, it could be seen as you're being greedy. Do you really need it? No. But you want it? Yes. So you'll do what you can to go get it. Mm-hmm. And in that regards, what you do to go get it can be good or bad. Mm-hmm. And in that regards, I think you're right. People are a little, when they be, well, I don't want to say when they get older, but eventually they do become a little evil. Mm-hmm. However, to an extent, I'm not saying it's okay, but to an extent, yeah. there is a balance. As greedy as you can be, people try and balance it out. They do charity work. They donate money, time, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they try and balance it out, right? Everyone kind of looks and says, karma's a bitch. Yeah. But they'll try and balance out the scale. If all people are evil, then the scale is tipped one way. Yeah. Right? But I will make a comment to that. So I think that a lot of uh, charity, like for, um, let's say, welfare systems. Yeah. That's the government coming in, taking it out of my pocket and using my labor to support somebody else. And this was not voluntary. Mm-hmm. It was just like, hey, you have to do this. This is your duty um, as an American citizen. Uh, same thing with religion. I think that without the religious community having this, um, uh, what do you call it? Just this, um, not a system, but like a routine where everyone just goes along with it this uh everyone just goes along with the program says like okay I, i'm gonna tie 10 percent, 20 percent. everyone's doing it i have to you know show that like okay i have money and there's another part of that where people have this selfish notion where they give and they have to you know publicize it oh yeah. i gave a billion dollars to this charity look at me look how much of a good person i am and that's that's selfish reasons as well mm-hmm. because at least um going back to my uh my christian upbringing what uh jesus preached was like when you're giving like you shouldn't brag about that it should be nope. hidden it should be behind the scenes because people will give for that gratitude like oh i have the moral high ground i donate this amount, amount of money what do you give mm-hmm. so that's another reason where it's like even giving sometimes has a very selfish and evil, like you yeah. know, um, not always, but um, that's just kind of to add, add to my point. So like yeah, it's a just, system that's really driving that rather mm-hmm. than just like the deep, you know, part of your heart. Now, in a postmodern society, there's a lot more of that to go around. There's people that can really bring themselves to be like, okay, I'm self-actualized. I have all these needs met on uh, was it Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, I can give. I have this disposable income. I can give it up for somebody else. I can have the goodness of my heart. So, like, I'm not saying that people can't have good intentions, but uh, I just don't want to, as far as our basic, like nature that's where it is and i think that we really have to go above and beyond to actually find what the like is really good in people and that can come from environment you come from privilege sometimes you're a lot more giving than you would be if you were just you know dealt a bad hand all your life yeah so um i guess that kind of um, supports well, you okay so let me let me go over that a little or let me touch base on that a little bit what if you you do well in life and you don't give does that make you a bad person? No. 
In my opinion, I don't think it is. Because is, is good versus evil or good and evil or good or evil? Isn't it just perspective? Yes, If it we're is. all greedy and we're all bad, the level of degree of good now becomes a matter of perspective. It is. A level of degree, if you will, right? How much bad could you really be doing until you get called evil? Yeah. Right. And that's moral. It's morals and values. Like someone steals a, you know, steals bread. Stealing's wrong, right? It's yep. supposed to be bad as for, but what if it's for a child that was in need and was starving on the streets? Like those are, you know, those moral conundrums where it's just like, okay, like, is this a bad action or is it just, you know, a bad action for the sake of good? You know, uh, lesser of two evils, those type of things. Um, so now what's your thoughts on the individual person thinking whether they are good or bad versus how society views them as good versus bad? What's your thought on that? Man. In, the, in that same example, someone steals bread for a, a kid dying on the street who is dying of hunger. Yeah. Do you consider that person bad without knowing the full story? You just see them stealing the bread. Does that make them bad? But now that you know the whole story, that's actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. How do you think of that? Yeah. Or how and do I, you respond to that? Yeah. I think that's the difference between morals and ethics because morals is a personal perspective of what's good and evil. Mm-hmm. And then ethics is a societal barometer of what's good and evil so ethically that's against what society says like stealing's bad and um i'm sure there's plenty of people that will say like oh no like they'll be on your side but as far as a society stealing is wrong like you can't take property from someone to give to somebody else or for to benefit yourself right um so that is a there is a big difference sometimes because um, I would think that deep down if I if saw something like that mm-hmm. and you know it's like a like a Walmart or something it's just like right. okay this is no skin off their back but I do believe that like yeah that's Walmart's business like it's their property right so that's it's it's really yeah that's a good very good question mm-hmm. what what are your thoughts on it I think. Not knowing the full situation, if I saw some kids stealing bread, you know, I'd ask him why. And if he told me why or if he lied, okay, fine. I'll pay for the bread. Mm-hmm. Go help whoever you need to go help. But it kind of goes back to what you were saying before. The guy who donates, say, quote unquote, a billion dollars to a charity. Mm-hmm. The charity uses that money for good, then it's worth it. Brag all you want because at the end of the day, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I care what the money did. Yeah. Right. And that's what I care about. Whether that makes him good or evil. No, he's just bragging because he's an asshole. Fine. Mm-hmm. But he did give that money. That's something that a billion other people couldn't do. Yeah. And in that regard, it might be if you consider that evil that he bragged, then that may be a necessary evil because he's still donating the money. But just because he couldn't brag and if he just if he didn't donate because he couldn't brag then that would be a horrible thing because Mm -hmm. those people who could use that money didn't get that money. Mm -hmm. We would never know, right? Because he never donated. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like you you take a little grain of salt with what happened because, yeah, you have to listen to this guy brag all all he wants for, like, say, a month or two, whatever, Mm -hmm. but he still donated that money to help people. Mm -hmm. But overall, it helped people. Yeah, and it's a strange thing to think about because Mm -hmm. you have something that should be overwhelmingly good yeah but then you look at it and it's just like it's very evil intention behind it i wouldn't say very evil intention yeah. but uh, a bad intention mm-hmm. behind it uh for the wrong reasons yeah and um 
That's yeah. It, it's it's right. very yeah. Because you can think about a lot of different situations when when you mm-hmm. approach that, um, and I've, that brings a lot of just like morals and ethics. It's just like the yeah. societal norms don't always match up with somebody's right. this, own beliefs. This whole conversation is morals versus ethics. Good versus evil in human nature is straight up morals and ethics. Because there's so many different scenarios that you could argue in this situation or even discuss where it's like, if you only know part of the story, you're going to say it's bad. But if you know the whole story, then it's a necessary evil, mm-hmm. right? Or you can kind of flip around and say, well, you know, what he did was the right thing. Yeah. But it ended ultimately hurt someone else, which is, you know what I mean? Not what you want. No mm-hmm. one wants to be hurt at the end of the day. So it's it's a question of moral and ethics. And I think the whole thing is like that. Um, so when you brought this up to me earlier and we were talking about it, I thought of the the dog that is never born evil. It's always raised evil. It's still true with human nature. You're still born good because when you're an infant, you know, your needs are a lot higher than, and you can't do anything because you're an infant. You can't get your own food. You can't do anything for yourself. Right. And that's not being selfish. That's just human nature. That is nature itself. Animals go through the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Pups and, you know, calves and all those smaller variations of their mammal parents go through the same thing. So it's not, you know, just because they have needs and they require a lot of attention and all this stuff that makes them selfish or no. anything like that. And we're not saying that, but it's it's that that environment that gives you that opportunity to choose which path you go down. Mm-hmm. And those small decisions that ultimately shape who you are, whether you become quote unquote evil or good, right? I don't think we're in an era where we see a lot of evil people do a lot of evil things to a lot of people, which we saw, you know, World War II, you know, back then. Yeah. Genghis Khan kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now it's more evil and it's 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 still impactful. It still hurts when you hear about I hate to say this, but school shootings and stuff like that, those situations are so unique that it's an evil action that was performed, but there was another cause and effect behind it that created that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was a choice and then there was a pathway that led to that. That pathway could have been avoided Mm -hmm. if there was the right nurturing there. Yeah. And if the right choice was made. And that's why I say... Human nature is moral ethics, yes, but the point where you're growing up and you have that choice where you choose to do this or you choose to do that and you have these moral lessons that you learn from religion and your family and et cetera, it ultimately guides you down pathways and your choice is which path you take and your thought process and your environment affects your choice of which path you take. And that is what creates good and evil in human nature at least that's my opinion yeah and I'll, I'll i'll say that like i totally agree with you like you know choice is a huge like we have will so mm-hmm. that is the 100 percent what we choose to do and it's never black and white it's never good or evil it's uh you know sometimes it's blurred lines everything in between so and there's it's not just yes and no like it's not two mm-hmm. choices um but yeah, the once that bad intention or that evil thought or that evil action, I guess thoughts are, you know, they're one in a billion. But mm-hmm. uh, these actions, 
once that ball starts rolling, like it takes a significant force for good to actually stop those dominoes from falling. I, I believe that when you have a good intention, it's a little bit easier to kind of get uh, diverted. But with evil, it kind of just like it, once it, it snowballs mm-hmm. has an exponential factor where it's like um, I have this bad experience in my childhood. Then, you know, I grow up and more actions like that happen. And then I'm. I'm a, a recluse. I, I I'm always alone. Stuff like that. So yeah. I, that's one anecdotal case. But um, yeah, so I I agree with you. Is it's all about choice, and we mm-hmm. can always find that one decision that'll just completely change like the course of history and like oh, yeah. have that bad action. Okay. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now uh, I want to bring up a question. So yeah, do you think that without laws or religion that human beings can exist in a system where we can have morals or i guess i don't want to say utopia because we haven't even achieved it yet so um and we will get to that well we will get to the utopia question soon can we have some semblance of civilization absolutely not i i don't know about religion but i know we need laws Mm-hmm. Simply because, like I stated before, everyone at some point or at some level is greedy. They want what others have and they want what they can't have or what they don't have. And they will cheat, steal and kill for it. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that all throughout human history. Yeah. You know, the caveman, they had to fight each other at some point for food or the best woman or whatever. People did that in the middle e- uh, medieval times. People did that the time during Rome. Look at the Roman Empire. They had to expand why because they wanted more influence they wanted to rule the world mm-hmm. right you see that with modern era the british colonies why did they need to get so many colonies why did they even need a colony why because they wanted to expand their empire want 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 equals greed mm-hmm. and in that regards could you really say you would rather live in a society where there is no laws protecting you from those nasty things no definitely not because i i think that's what for the most part, like you in when it comes to laws, they are very effective. But once we have a system where we have people select few that are government governing the population, it's just that inherent power. It just starts to corrupt. So like our own system, we've seen it evolve and it's grown and we're in this, in my opinion, a corruption stage. Yep. And eventually it's going to turn into chaos and that is just going to be there's going to be a reckoning that's happening and you know we'll have to reorder in some way um our society so laws are important i think religion is a very good way of knowing because like these are set laws in Mm -hmm. in general um but the only thing is is like they're made of of men so Obviously, there's going to be someone that says they're ordained by God. They speak to God. They are the shepherd that leaves the sheep, you know, and that type of power. It just always gets to someone's head. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, we have another. Was it uh, was it David Koresh or like, you know, those cult leaders? Yeah, Um, I probably slaughtered his name right now. But (laughs) um, we um, yeah, so I I think those are essential, like either laws or religion. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are things that really guide us into having these systems because it's kind of a collective thought process where we have 
it might be a few people like our founding founding fathers, or it could be history in itself where you write down the knowledge where it's like, okay, uh, let's have these 10 commandments where it's like, you know, don't steal, don't, you know, cheat on your woman, like, you know, all this stuff, adultery, like all these are to, to help promote a civilized society. And then you have these laws and uh, with the founding fathers. So, um, no, I I think they're essential. Absolutely. I think they're right. Uh, I think you're right in that regards. Uh, the only difference where I stand where you just said is I already think we're on the chaotic point mm-hmm. earlier this week or was it last week? Last week, I saw a Prius speed around in Southern California with a guy sticking out of his window, shooting at the cops on the freeway. Wow. Same guy who shot up a liquor store and killed an innocent guy who happened to be the owner, community person who was very involved, a reservist, just a great guy. Mm hmm. A few days before that, there was a shooting at a school. Mm -hmm. A few days before that, there was another shooting, another car chase. I already think we've hit the chaos point. I'm waiting for the reset button. And in that regards, maybe our laws need to change. Maybe religion needs to change just a smidge. Maybe we need to change a reset to get back to that utopia society. Mm -hmm. Right? I, I believe this. There is no such thing as perfection. There's always room for improvement. It's the Kobe Bryant system, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've said this a few times on this show, and I will always say it. I don't think utopia is ever, ever possible. I think we get really, really, really close. If we're there now, we're far from it. Mm-hmm. I think we've got like 20 years before we even get close to what we can even deem somewhat something resembling a utopic society. Yeah. But things need to change. Laws need to change. Corruption needs to be expunged. And in my home country, or not my home country, the country of my forefathers, India, the prime minister right now, Modi, does a lot of that. He gets rid of a lot of corruption, gets rid of a lot of the black cash in the market, gets rid of a lot of politicians who've made their money hurting other people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's up for re-election. A lot of people said, oh, he's going to win in a landslide. I don't think he's going to win in a landslide. I think he's going to have to go back to the little people that got him elected in the first place to help him get re-elected. Mm-hmm. And he's doing a great job. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people love him and I love him too. But he is one of those kind of politicians who goes in and says, enough's enough. You're going to clean up your act or you're going to go. And go as in, I'm going to kick you out of the country. We don't yeah. want you here. And I think... Here in the United States, we may not need someone so radical, but I think we need to have the conversation where we can say enough's enough. Where is our our great society? Where is our utopia? How do we get there? Where's the pathway there? Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many different things that we face that prevent us from becoming that utopic society, right? We're still burning coal and polluting the airs and polluting the waters. How is that a utopic society? Mm-hmm. We need to get there faster. How do we get there? No one's having that conversation. Yeah. And I think because we're not even having that conversation, we're not even aware that the problem exists. And that is also a problem within itself. The first thing you do when you when you have a problem is to admit there is a problem. Mm-hmm. Has anyone done that? Everyone's kind of focused on a re-election, but has anyone said, hey, there's a problem? Not what this guy's done or that guy's done. There's a problem and we have to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Half the country is split on that. Yeah. No one's made it clear. Yeah. So uh, as far as utopia, I, I just think human nature is inconducive to a utopian society. Mm-hmm. Because we have free will, 
that's one of the main issues to what a utopia is. I think that um, it scares me when you have, um, and I may be using the wrong word, uh, as far as a Wellian society where you have, um, you know, um, speech that's, uh, you have or dictated speech where you can only say certain things at certain times. You have to address people by their certain pronoun. Like mm-hmm. that, that stuff scares me because when you take away free will, we're not human anymore. But then as far as human nature, like we want to get to this utopian society, there has to be some, like a uniform, like I have to be just like you, you have to be just like me in order for us to, you know, get along on every single point, fact, idea, like there has to be conformity. Right. But that's part of like humans don't want to, we want to conform, but we don't want to be... Like, or at least in American society, we're very individualistic, Mm -hmm. but we also, to a certain point, we can't be too far outside the box because we, then we're outcasts and survival doesn't allow you to, to kind of do that. So like, those are two kind of, um, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I just don't think that it's, um, it's possible. I don't think it's possible. Uh, when I said we're 20 years from being close to any kind of thing, I mean, 20 years where we're taking one step towards it. Mm-hmm. We are a plural society. We accept multiple things, different ideas, different places. And that, you know, there are countries that where there are people that don't like us because of that reason. And in that regards, we have to define what is a utopian society. Yeah. Right. Could it be a plural society where I accept you for you and you accept for me for me? Wouldn't that be utopic? Though you and I don't live equal lives or don't have the same things. But I accept you with all your flaws and all of my flaws. Mm-hmm. Isn't that somewhat utopic? Isn't that yeah. a life worth living in peace? I think that's, yeah, that's part of what a utopia would be. Yeah. Correct. And but it wouldn't be so much on, I don't think a utopic society would be conformity. We don't all have the same thing. We don't all have the same clothes, for example, or cars or religion or whatever, because that would never be. But we already talked about it is that we always want more, right? True. But because we are a plural society, we can want more, but of different things. That's what I mean, because we are a plural society. For example, if, if you know, people who are Christian want Christian things, that's fine. I'm a Hindu, a spiritual one at that. Choose what you like and go in your peace. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect me. Mine doesn't affect you. That is how you move towards a utopic society. Yeah, I think that's part of what the American value stands for. We don't it always is. hold uh, uphold that all the time, especially Correct. throughout our history. But we've gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now it's it's more of just ideas and extreme ideas were you know getting pulled apart. Oh yeah. But yeah, like I do agree with that. That is a very utopian idea that is achievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what we talked about before as far as wants like i need to want 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 and envy so i may have a million dollar car but you have a million dollar house and mine's a shack like now my envy starts to get in me so like now i want more that's where the corruption starts to to build so Mm -hmm. that human nature want competitiveness that i mean that's just a natural state of just nature it's just like competition like true but in that same scenario, right? This is the land of opportunity. It still is. If you have the opportunity to get exactly what I have, isn't that not answering your question? Why do you have to turn to corruption for that? Though you are continuing to want more, you have that greedy intention. You want more. I understand mm-hmm. that. But if you have the opportunity to go and get it, 
that's a completely different story then. Yes. And that is feeding into that utopic society. Yeah. Because I, everyone has the same opportunity. And that is the American dream. That's the American dream. I will Correct. agree with that. But I don't think that in a wide sweeping sense that utopia would be in more of my opinion, I yeah. think that would be. Yeah. Um, and I think that just America right now is a, a wealth of opportunity. If oh. you want to do something, you're able to do that. It may take hard work and all that stuff. Other people get lucky. Other people are born with it. Mm-hmm. I think for most people, they look at that and it's like, that's not utopian. Like, I want what his family has. I, I wish I was born into that family or I wish I had that car. That, that's where I think. But um, so, so let me ask something. What do you define as a utopian society? So I guess utopia, just like the textbook definition, just like a Which perfect is? world, no suffering, like, you know, that type of thing okay. where, you know, there's no crime, I guess, you know, like this, that unattainable. You're looking at me, but I don't yeah. know if you really know what it means. Okay, like what, what's your de- definition? A utopian society, at least in my world, okay. or in my mind, yeah. is a world with no crime, a world with no war, a war, or a world with no unnecessary death, a world with opportunity for all, mm-hmm. and a world where everyone gets along with everyone, has no no stereotypes no prejudice no negative condensation to the guy next to you mm-hmm. they're your brother and you're their brother vice versa yeah that is the utopian society we accept one another for who we are and what we are mm-hmm. it doesn't matter anymore what you are or what i am yeah yes we want more in life you have the opportunity to go get it then get it but the guy next to you isn't going to stand in your way to go get it in my opinion, that is the utopic society. Gotcha. So I would say America in a lot of ways has already fulfilled that. To an extent. Yes. yes. As far as I think that prejudice is something that is just inherently like, you know, these aren't even just differences in like skin color. It's mm-hmm. like the way that you talk, the way you're, you know, how far your eyes are apart, how your ears hang. Like, and you know, in that regards, I believe we will never reach in a utopic society. And I think so, too. That's yeah. just the human nature where it says, like, if you're different in any way, I need to find something to be better than you for, mm-hmm. whether it be like longer hair. It's like, yeah, I'm better than you because I have longer hair. Like, it's stupid stuff like that. Yeah. We will always find something like in human nature just mm-hmm. to separate ourselves from anyone that we think lesser than. So mm-hmm. I think that's where in these and it's not just race relations. It's mm-hmm. just like prejudice in everything. Yeah. yeah. But imagine a world like that where we accept everyone for who they are and what they are. You really think everyone's going to have million dollar homes? You ever no, think no. Everyone's going to have multi-million dollar jobs? No. 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 Why? Because it's part of the system. Every piece of the machine has a cog. Every wheel has to spin to make it all work. Mm-hmm. That's capitalism. Yeah. Right? In that regard, not everyone's going to have what the guy next to them has. Yeah. But the opportunity to get it there is still there. Yes. And in that regards. I think that's part of the utopic society as well. Okay. But we, like you said, or like we said earlier, I just don't think it's possible. Yeah. All of that can be fine and dandy, but it's not going to stop the guy next to you saying, well, I don't want that, but I want longer hair like that guy. Mm-hmm. And you have that want and desire that eventually becomes greed and everything else that comes with it, like you were saying before. And I, I absolutely agree in that regards because you're right. You're right. There's always going to be someone saying, oh, well, I don't like the way that guy looks. Mm-hmm. And that's an issue. 
And now you no longer have that utopic society. Yeah. Because it's always going to be that thought process. Or you do something evil in order to get something that you want. Exactly. And that's, that's, we see it all the time. Mm -hmm. Reach. Yeah. So like you, you see people like that are dumb, that make millions of dollars and people think that it's all about like your self-worth. It's not like there's people that will give up tons of stuff that you probably won't your dignity your pride like um i mean you're just your sense of self like there's people that will commit crimes in order to get money like Mm -hmm. all of this stuff can you know that has no value like or it has it should not be a scoreboard about your value um is what i'm trying to say so yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. so but yeah it's just it's just a crazy notion because as much as we've dreamed about such a society and we you know there is always once in a while you'll see like a random sci-fi show where that or some sort of like drama show where that's quote-unquote created you know it and it will never exist in reality Mm -hmm. because there is no such thing as perfection there's always something to improve on there is no such thing as a world where there isn't crime there isn't greed there there is no hurt only love i'm sorry but that world doesn't exist it never will I think you have to have a perfect being. Exactly. And we're imperfect beings. Like, mm-hmm. we're animals. And, I mean, you can kind of bring up, like, the singularity. Like, if we combined with AI and had this super logical brain with, like, this emotional, you know, uh, hedonistic <laughs> side of human beings would be able to, you know, have statistics and numbers to kind of back up our decisions. I straight than- up think if AI became, like, more, like lifelike and was able to do things you would straight up have irobot the movie come into reality where they would just try and kill us all because they think we're harming ourselves right yeah just i just like, think that's gonna happen you're unable to uh <laughs> you're not able to take care of yourself we're just gonna wipe out some people i'm like wait what you have tons of war yeah and that's always an idea with those type of like skynet it's like yeah. well you know like we're better off without you guys or like the matrix and, and in that regards movie. they might create the utopic society it's just without us. Yeah. And that's a problem. And then they're just like, <laughs> we've achieved like, you know, uh, the utopian that the humans like tried so hard and, oh, yeah. you know, we just had to eradicate. So in regards to human nature, what else do you think makes up human nature? Not beside the good versus evil, the desire, greed, etc. You know, what other aspects do you think are within human nature that we see today? Yeah. I think that one of them um, that I was just kind of thinking of while we're talking was the uh the the i guess the duality of like logic and emotion mm-hmm. where most of our decisions are either based on logic or emotion or a combination of the two i would say that i'm more of a logical person i look at situations and see like you know what is the base like result like you know two plus two equals four like that type of thing now you have the emotional side that i think is less um it, it doesn't come up as often, I think, in a lot of my decisions, just because I think that emotions cloud judgment a lot. And logic is just like, OK, I see the danger, assess the danger, solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then emotion is more of just like that flight response. where oh, yeah. um, You're not solving the issue. You're um, pushing it off. And um, I guess that's just one of the ideas of human nature that I think that's also uh, kind of wrapped up into that. Uh, do you have any other ideas or uh, kind of touching on that? what you were saying? Sure. Uh, I'm a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not perfect. I know that. I know I use emotion sometimes in my thinking, especially when I'm caught off guard or someone's trying to like verbally attack me or like troll me, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I get upset. That's emotion, right? You're going to respond emotionally. Uh, I try to check myself like, look, take a step back, breathe, 
analyze, think, then say something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're right. You know, there is that argument there where a person's reaction to something could be, or conversation, or even um, statement they might say might, or their decision making is affected by um, emotion and logic. Mm-hmm. I would love to be just straight up logic because then I would be like on top of my stuff. I wouldn't be able to be, you know, kind of tricked into something or anything like that. But it's not a bad thing to show emotion. I think. No, I think not at all. There's power in emotion. Um, when you hear great speeches throughout history, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And, you know, when he gave his speech or when, when you hear Abraham Lincoln giving the Gettysburg Address or, you know, other speeches of, of significant things you could hear the emotion. It stirs something in you to, to kind of follow what's mm. being said. Yeah. And um, there are certain speeches I just I always kind of go over my head over and over and over. Uh, one of them is actually uh, Charlie Chaplin, the dictator, when he's giving his grand speech. I, I don't remember if it's at the end of the movie or the middle of the movie, but it's it, it kind of gets me every time. Like I just want to like do great things. Because I'm not thinking logically anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking all, not all, but half emotionally and half logically. Like he's stirring something up in me yeah. that is causing me to say, hey, I got to get up and go do something. I got to go help someone. I got to go do something good because of what he said, because the emotion he's using in his logic. And I say that he's using emotion in his logic, not mm-hmm. logic versus emotion, but within the logic he's using emotion it propagates some sort of response in a lot of people and including myself where it's, I can sympathize with that person. I empathize with that person. I want to do what that person is doing. Mm -hmm. And I think in a lot of good leaders that we have seen throughout history and today, that's how, that's how they get people. That's how they get people to follow them throughout history, throughout time, even today. Yeah. Right. Um, President Barack Obama did this all the time. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Yes, we can. That little phrase echoed through college campuses, through town halls, through the United States to an extent where people said, we're tired of the status quo. We can do something about this. We can make change. Mm-hmm. And he did. Whether you want to say it's for the good or the bad, that's up to you. But mm-hmm. <laughs> nevertheless, the changes occur, mm-hmm. right? Because he used the emotion from people and used it within his logic. Yeah. He saw pain and suffering and he said, Hey, I'm going to fix this logically. Yeah. And I don't want to say that like emotions bad or anything. It's just like in my experience, like you said, uh, if somebody's verbally attacking me, like it was never just like, okay, if I emotionally respond to this person, then they know they've got me. So, um, I guess that's just more of a strategy of just deflecting, um, certain responses, negative thoughts, like things like that to kind of bolster, um, how I approach those problems. But as far as emotion, there's tons, as far as connecting with people, you have to have emotion. If you're lo- this logical, like brand Stark, like just sitting there, just like, uh, I'm no more, I'm not brand Stark. Like, you know, it's just or straight up Spock. Exactly. Yeah. Just like the, the, you not, you can't, it doesn't allow you to connect with people. People don't respond to logic as far as trying to get to know somebody. It's, it's about emotion. How do you, how are you connecting? And that's more human, I guess you could say. That's more of a, a face to face, like, um, I guess more of a primal, just like mm-hmm. that's that's how human beings have just communicated it's through emotion, not yeah. not through these numbers it's, equations. It's, it's a lot of empathy, you know. When when you're talking to someone, and say for example, you're talking about someone who's who's lost someone, right? Mm-hmm. And the person talked to you has also lost someone. 
that that understanding that they have gone through the similar pain and emotional roller coaster that you're going through as you've lost someone to know that you're not the only person who's gone through that creates that bond creates that connection and i think a lot of people can relate to that in regards simply because you know if you've ever lost someone in your life you know it's hard mm-hmm. but the fact that you know someone else has gone through that same exact thing brings you comfort because mm-hmm. you're not alone yeah and that gives you strength does yes yeah. and then that's where you can really connect so yeah i think that logic and emotion would be something that's wrapped up into human nature like you said choice as well mm-hmm. cause and effect those those are all like key things that like sometimes we're not clairvoyant with just like our decisions like yeah. if i have this action what is going to be caused like you know mm-hmm. um do you know where i learned cause and effect from the matrix Yes. How did you know that? <laughs> no, I, I, when you were saying it, I was just like, I'm, I'm thinking the of Frenchman, the Mary, right? yeah, the Merovingian, just yes. like talking about cause and effect. And I was like, the older I got, when I got older and I rewatched it, I was just like, this movie is a lot deeper than I actually. Oh yes. Thought. Oh yes. So. You'd be surprised. A lot of movies, or like I hate to say this, but even anime shows, they have a lot of good lessons in there. Like a lot of deep messages. I never realized that when I was a kid watching that stuff. Well, that's what you were telling me. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, what was your example? For- uh, Gundam Wing. Okay. I remember watching that when I was a kid at someone's house, and then when I got a little bit like teenager age, I started rewatching it, mm-hmm. and. It was brilliant. Like there was a lot of stuff about human nature, right? Um, the desire to fight versus the desire to have peace. It's in our nature to fight, fight for what we want, right? But the overlying message was peace. Perfect example is Star Wars, right? Empire, Repu- uh, the rebellion slash republic, right? Mm-hmm. They both wanted peace. They just had two different ways of going about it. Yeah. But the message was still the same. Like you can, like at the end of the movie, he, like the dark emperor, basically, Emperor Palpatine is basically straight up saying it. We will have peace. There yeah. will be peace in order. in order. Yeah. Right. Which is basically what the other guys are saying too, but they will go about it differently. Yeah. However, the, the overlying message is that the desire is still peace though you have to do all this other stuff to get it Mm -hmm. and so you you kind of look at all these older shows and you these older movies that we've gone over that we've seen i'm I'm challenging man straight up just try and look for the message it's nuts like how many you'll kind of pick up out of this out of the blue Mm -hmm. like the disney movies all of them have a deeper message it's really trippy yeah i i need to rewatch like some of those like (laughs) i think one of them is pinocchio but like i went on the ride the other day and i was just like i do not remember this movie (laughs) kind of going off on a tangent but um i also wanted to mention avatar uh the animated series. Oh yeah, the last Airbender, right? Yes. Okay. So um, I guess that that whole show kind of like captured. I watched this when I was in college. Like mm-hmm. I mean, that was watching cartoons as a college kid. Like you know. Yeah. Uh, plus it's anime, so you got the jokes rolling in <laughs> in the yeah. comments right now. But I actually really love that show. I I enjoyed it, it and was- it also had a, this message, and it was. Even on an episode basis, like mm-hmm. it had a message as far as, um, I mean, really philosophical type stuff. Like mm-hmm. me on the, you had the fighting, which was kind of cool. But like the overall is a message. Like you had characters with that had arcs that were, you know, they came from bad situations, you know, were irredeemable. But they happened to become redeemable by the end of the, the story, yeah. which is, you know, uh, very, I mean, those are type of stories that you don't really get to 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was a huge fan of the artwork as well. Uh, some of the messages in that show were life lessons that, you know, families should be teaching to their kids, mm. you know, about honor, about about humility, about doing the right thing, not turning your back on people, you know, always helping those who are in need of help, mm-hmm. you know, um, being able to communicate and connect with people, even though they come from a different background and they might see you as an enemy because you're from a place where you are considered their enemy, but you provide guidance so that you understand that person's suffering. You understand what they've gone through and help them realize they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And in that regards, shows like the Avatar The Last Airbender are brilliant. Mm-hmm. They teach you those things. Yeah. But I don't know if little kids understand that when they're watching it. Yeah. I mean, when I was younger and I watched that show when it first came out, I think I was in junior high or something like that. I didn't catch any right. of that stuff, yeah. right? So it's yeah, like, I, I, do I really pay attention here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, I think that's about it as far as me. Do you have any uh, final thoughts? Uh, uh, do you want to talk about Game of Thrones the other night or no? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Right, I am straight up hating that last episode. As soon as I watched it, I wanted to call you. I was just like, she didn't go down the way I wanted her to go down. There was no dragons eating her. There was no fire <laughs> near her. She didn't get ripped to shreds. I'm so pissed. So we're talking she about got Cersei. It easy. Yes. Yeah. Cersei, bitch, Lannister. Oh man, and that just that smug smile, like that she was just sitting there, and then. Like at the end of it, she was crying. Like there was oh. so, there's so much wrong with this last season, and it it gets me emotional. You yeah. know, like this is my, not my logical side. Uh-oh. <laughs> there comes that emotional response, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yes, it, it, this <laughs> just the whole story has led up to these these crap last two seasons. Like yeah. even the season before it, like at least people were tra- teleporting, but they had some semblance of something to work towards. Yeah. But they decided to just truncate this whole season and just make it like, all right, six episodes we're done. Danny just completely. Well, let's start at the beginning. Yes. Uh, at the beginning of the episode. So we have various, he's sitting at his, uh, you know, his little desk there, you know, just writing notes like, oh, Khaleesi, she's, she's bad. Like, you know, yeah. they're going to send Raven. Jon Snow is really a Targaryen. Yeah. They just were spreading, they were spreading secrets. Yeah. So this is the spy master, right? right? So he decides that, oh, you know what? I'm just going to get captured. So he teleports down to the beach and says like, so John. Khaleesi can't be queen, so you need to be king. Everyone's standing there like, what, what's what's this guy doing? Like, yeah. you, you just spilling secrets right now? Out there in the open, and then he allows himself to get captured. After every single time, he's always left when, you know... Shit he, went bad. Yeah, yeah, correct. So he's just like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to get burned alive. So that was just so the, the first... It was just like this... Man, it, yeah, it was, yeah that just started off the episode. It was just like, all right, this is going to be just a shit sandwich, mm-hmm. like right now. Oh, yeah. So, and then, then you get to the battle scene, right? Mm-hmm. My question is the previous episode, right? You see the Dothraki with like flaming swords riding into the quote unquote long night, yeah. and all the flames get extinguished. So, you have to admit, all those guys are dead, right? So, now magically, they have come back to life as. Half of the Dothraki are still alive and half of the Unsully are still alive. I'm sorry, but didn't most of the Unsully die in the long night when they got overran by the zombie army? I think so. Sure seemed like it. Right? 
And what was up with those like military tactics of just like, oh, we have this castle that seems to, you know, you can hold uh, 10,000 men with 500, but we just didn't decide to use that advantage. Yeah, I don't know. Let's all just line up at the outside and just become, you know, the dead undead army. And then and then last week's episode, right? Like all the scorpions. Yes. Right. They're there. They all get wiped out by one dragon, but yet the fleet had taken out another dragon before that, right? When they shot all together at once. So it's like if you lose one ship and there's a shit ton of other ships out there, why don't they all just shoot at the same time? Why were they all looking dumbfounded? Yeah. And why wasn't Euron on the freaking gun? Like, yeah. obviously he has this... like The best aim, apparently. Exactly. Oh so he decides, like, no, I'm just, I'm just going to let my... I'm going to let my guys, like, you know, take care of this one. And this got destroyed. And I didn't see one of those scorpions on the wall shooting at yeah. all. I didn't see one of them. No, like, no, no. there was three shots and then everyone was just like, no, we're, yeah. we're leaving. Exactly. We're done. Exactly. I, I didn't remember more than a handful of shots from their boats, the ships that were in the, the Iron Fleet. I only saw a handful of shots get shot off. The rest of them were just wiped out. So I'm trying to think either they were scared shitless and they're running away, but you're on a ship, so you can't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you just got wiped out and you were just dumbfounded staring. Yeah. Cool. All right, fine. Then when you get to the wall and all of these scorpions are supposed to be there, not one shot came close. No. Kind of hard to believe, right? Then she wipes out the front wall and they'll come in. And the Dothraki come in. Then the Unsullied come in afterwards. And then she's sitting on the wall. And then you're waiting for the bells, right? Do you remember that scene? They're all kind of like looking like, hey, is the bell going to ring? Yes. Peace, right? Then it rings. And she goes like batshit crazy and wipes everyone out. My question is, when she's kind of blowing up the city, doesn't she think, uh, my soldiers are down there? The first wave was Dothraki riders. I think my flames would have hit those guys, right? Because they're mm-hmm. still riding through the city. That's actually something I didn't notice. Yeah, because right? like you're talking about like how John and like the Lannisters, but like where'd the horsemen go? Like where'd the horsemen go? Yeah, where'd the Unsullied go? Mm-hmm. Right, they were kind of behind them, sure. But when she kept going through the city, right, and before she got to the Red Keep, she's burning everything around. She yeah. basically wiped out the city because she's apparently now a crazy person. Yeah, you have to think. Wouldn't she have hit her own soldiers? That's just me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure no. she did. I missed that, but yeah, that's that's another that's right? another point. But that fire though, is that like a lightsaber or something? Because she was burning through I mean the, the well, wall. No. Why even have a wall? Because that thing Well dragon fire is supposed to do that, like wildfire, it's supposed to melt through stone, steel, and everything else. But I'm saying like when the the, the whole army is outside the wall, why have a wall? If your whole army is just going to be in the front and then 20,000 men just with one breath, just done. I mean, Dragonfire may be able to do that. I was just okay. Uh, I was just like, okay. um, I don't remember that from the lore at all. Like even with uh, like the biggest dragon. Don't remember that from the books either. Yeah. I mean, the biggest dragon, you know, came down on Harrenhal and like they'll burn it to a crisp, but really cooked people inside of it. Yeah. Didn't blast everything to oblivion so oh yeah yeah that, that and then was, it was weird that they had random pockets of wildfire the green flames throughout the episode that like caught on fire and then exploded even more i'm like mm-hmm. now your pyro mac your pyro guy at your studio set just went a little crazy because that was just unnecessary right <laughs> but in my mind i thought like oh okay like once the bell singing had happened I'm like oh okay she's gonna leave the people alone because she doesn't want to rule over a city of ash which is what uh the imp had said before yeah it's like all right cool 
But the minute she started roasting random people, I was just like, hmm, this show has lost its edge. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to kind of just go on top of the Red Keep and just melt it from the top all the way down, mm-hmm. then find Cersei and then rip it apart. But that <laughs> didn't happen. Like an egg, just like, oh, there it is. Just like, straight up. Or just like how she attacked the Red Keep, right? Just destroy the whole thing. But leave the city intact. All right, cool. In my mind, I guess where you can go from here is like saying to the other kingdoms, King's Landing is no longer the center of Westeros or the Seven Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. We'll make the capital somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Fine. But don't go and kill innocent people because yeah. now they're never going to follow you. And just the change was just a switch. Like, yeah. she's just like forgot to take her meds Ridiculous. that morning. And then she's just like, OK, I'm going to burn everyone. Yeah. And it was just. Yeah. yeah, absolutely crazy. I thought Jamie was actually going to uh, go in there. I wanted him to straight up ring the bell and call it a day. Well, I wanted him to actually kill Cersei. So oh, I, I wanted that build up. Like, but like obviously double, double time Kingslayer. Yes. I, I thought that would have been a cool like, you know, just like he's a Kingslayer, but now he finally did it to, for good. And well, actually, if he did do that, it'd be for the same exact reasons why he did it the first time. Yes. And that would, act, that would be really cool. I never thought of it like that. But then it would have been, you know, for the good. For the and good, everybody right? would just like, oh, yeah, the king, queen slayer. Like, but yeah. it was for good, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Well, the first time it was for good, too. He was burning people with wildfire, the mad king, right? So if, if he did it again, it would be basically to prevent them from being burned to a crisp. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I think the people would say, like, oh, it's a Kingslayer, and it wasn't, like, a bad yeah. moniker. Like, and sh- it would show that, you know, Danny has mercy. That's it didn't really burn us all. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so bad. I was so disappointed. And then you know what's funny? The trailer for the next week's episode shows the Dithraki swarm running around in the snow and the Unsullied there. So for some reason, they didn't get burned to a crisp. So they must be immortal. And I want to know what the fuck, you know? Yeah. Like, how did that happen? How do they multiply like that? Yeah. They're just popping they just out of nowhere. They seem to be more and more of them. And it's just like, well, when you wrote in, you had like 30 guys with you. Now you have a swarm of them in the trailer kind of going in a circle. And it's like, you have to have obviously more than 30 horses there. So it's yeah. like, um, mm-hmm. loophole. <laughs> just a lot of it. Jamie finding Euron like on the beach, like at the exact what moment. That, right? And then Euron just like, oh, okay. I stabbed him a couple times. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and get stabbed. Ugh. How did he live, by the way? Like you got stabbed in the arm and twice on the sides, right? Yeah. How the hell are you still standing and you can make it to Cersei in the Red Keep? Because you're at the beach. The water, yeah. And you're going all the way up. Wouldn't you have died from internal bleeding? Something. Or some sort of Which blood I, loss? I, I could deal with that. It's just like, uh, I don't know how like yeah. mortal his wounds are. But like okay. the whole Euron, like, Jamie fight was stupid. It was stupid. And then when he's stabbed and his guts are hanging out, he's just like, ah, oh, killed Jamie Lannister. Yeah, that was a stupid so, smile. Yeah. Yeah. He should have just cut his head off and be done with it. Yeah, that would have been better. But It would have been better. It would have been really cool if the second dragon that died, like, somehow was still alive in the water. And just like, no, the previous episode, not the episode, just like, like, water dragon just started eating people, like, straight up before it died. I wanted to see that. Like, I thought that would be really cool because I was like, oh, shit, he got hit with a bunch of scorpion arrows. He went down. But you don't really know if he's dead because in the show they're like, yes, I saw him go into the water, but I don't know if he died. Like, they don't say <laughs> for a fact, like, he died. So I'm just like, oh, maybe he'll come back and, like, uh, sea serpent style to say crush everyone. But that didn't happen. So I'm just like, <laughs> all right, well, that sucks. Um, oh, but it was totally a letdown. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The minute I saw it, I was like, I got to call Josh. He's going to be so pissed. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. I can't wait for today. Yeah, my girlfriend was getting mad at me. I was just like, this is so... Like, and I kept saying it because yeah. 
it just keep getting worse. Like, yep. oh yeah. And then like the whole Clegane Bowl, which you know, which we wanted. But I wanted that. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, the whole thing with Arya. Arya. Yeah. Just like uh, go home. She's like, okay. Yeah, that was bullshit. I've been like the whole. <laughs> yeah, I would have accepted her sneaking in and killing Cersei if she pretended to be Jamie and killed her. That would have been much better. <laughs> oh, okay. Because then Jamie would have quote unquote died in the Red Keep or with Euron, whatever. Mm. And then she would steal the face somehow or just like try and be like him. Yeah. And then kill her. And that would be so much better. <laughs> that I, I like that too. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then it would have been, it was scratched her off her list. It would have shown that she was an assassin. I don't know if she would have survived the whole Red Keep being destroyed. But yeah. I would have got to see her die properly right not being buried under rubble mm-hmm. in jamie's arms that's horseshit yeah yeah poor brienne you know just hit it and quit it just bye yeah i know right it wasn't good enough i'm going back to my sister so ridiculous <laughs> oh god yeah but, and then uh, she cried she cried i don't want to die i was like dude you killed all these people you were willing to kill yourself and your kid she wouldn't do that during the battle of blackwater bay or whatever yeah. it's called but now you're going to cry? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. And I was under the suspicion that she pretended that she was pregnant just to keep Jamie there and to protect her. I don't know. Yeah. And now we'll never know. Now because, we'll never know, right? Yeah. And I guess, like, people can say, like, oh, she was crying because of her baby and all that stuff. It's like, she, no. <laughs> I, you know, that was ridiculous. She, she would have that smirk to the end. Just like. <laughs> this was worse than the How I Met Your Mother ending. I prefer the alternative ending for that show, but because there is no alternative ending for this Game of Thrones episode, I'm just just completely let down. And I know I have to watch the season finale because it's eight years worth, right? Eight years or seven years? Eight, yeah, eight seasons. Eight, years, eight, eight seasons. Years. It's eight years we've been watching this show, and they're gonna end it like this. Mm-hmm. That last episode might must be fire, or everyone's gonna remember the show that had everyone in suspense and then bust at the end. It's going to be a bust. Like, I, I don't expect ah, much. I don't I really expect hope much. not, man. I'm, like, hoping they redeem themselves somehow because that was horrible I think the other night. The, I think the producers just suck at writing. Like, on a, and they're doing the Star Wars series as well. No! After, after the ninth episode, they're doing Star Wars. Damn. That's yeah. horrible. Yeah. It's, it, it was like, you can't, you can't do worse than this Star Wars. And they did. They're just like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, well, no, the next Star Wars movie is the last one coming out, right? Yes. But after that, they're coming out with more. Uh, but it's like, is it like a different story or a different saga? Uh, you know, because it's supposed, sure. this next movie that comes out on Christmas is supposed to be the end of the entire saga. All nine episodes. Maybe it might be like, spinoffs yeah. because I know Game of Thrones has it's been launched or greenlit for like four or five different spinoffs. I think they're currently filming. Yeah, if, if they're not currently starting. filming. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but oh, dude, that last episode horrible, just horrible. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But, but um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll save the the next episode's review uh, for next week. Yeah, for next week. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll we'll expect nothing from it. But um, thanks, listeners, um, for listening to our philosophical and Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> uh, tune in next week. Hope to hear from you soon. Yeah, I'll see you later. of my mind are an enigma thanks again listener for tuning into the podcast we do appreciate any comments or feedback on any sort of channels where you're listening to the podcast right now 
Actually, this is an interactive experience, so if you are interested in leaving us a voice message, you can download the Anchor app, which is on Apple or Google Store. Once you download the app, you can find us and leave an audio message, which will be played back on the next episode right here, and you will be featured and you'll be tagged and all that good stuff. So leave us some feedback and also an audio message. It does help us. Again, if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, you can find us at calendly.com slash jcjstreet32. Again, that's calendly.com slash jcjstreet32. See you next time.